KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Local hotels are asking the city for rent relief after big revenue losses because of the pandemic. Miro Kopik is a lecturer at San Diego State University and co-founder of Bottom Line Marketing. He said a group of hotels and businesses in Mission Bay are the ones asking for a break. What they're also asking is if they have not paid rent or they're deferring rent, that the city doesn't put a default claim on them because any of these hotels that have bank loans, those default claims can hurt their bank loan line of credit. Kopik says those deferments would allow hotels to spend their limited revenue on marketing and COVID-19 safety upgrades. And relief for hotel businesses doesn't seem to be coming anytime soon. A new study shows San Diego's usual convention business won't bounce back until next year at the earliest. Lots of people don't want to get on a plane, a train, or a bus these days. That's what seems to be behind a big spike in the boat and RV sales. At RV Solutions in Kearney Mesa, sales have more than doubled since March. At California Yacht Sales on Harbor Island, Director of Marketing Tom Bossinger says sales have tripled. He said as soon as a boat hits the market, the phones start ringing off the hook. Imperial County is finally spending state funds it got for homeless services. Our partners at iNewsource are reporting that the county got the money nearly two years ago. Imperial County supervisors last week okayed a $75,000 contract with United Way to help at-risk residents stay out of homelessness. That's out of the nearly $2 million in state aid given to Imperial County. But other agencies are still waiting for their share of the funding. For more on this story, you can go to inewsource.org. On a Monday, I'm Annika Colbert filling in for Kinsey Moreland. It's August 3rd, and you're listening to San Diego News Matters from KPBS News. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your week. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. A protest in La Mesa on Saturday drew hundreds of people to its streets, including counter-protesters, some who were armed with knives. March organizers say they wanted justice for both Brianna Taylor and Vanessa Guillen, two young women of color who were killed in recent months. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler has the story. Two months after protests led to clashes between police, protesters, and burned-out stores, the city of La Mesa took several precautionary measures before the protest. It blocked traffic to its downtown area, banned items including weapons, rocks, and glass bottles, and called on nearby police departments for support. 
Chine, who declined to give his last name, is with the group Rise Up San Diego, one of the organizers of the march. Um, what I saw a lot of solidarity. You know, we had a lot of people get together and speak about the things that come from their heart. Um, those are the types of things that we'd like to see. To unite everyone's voices, black and brown, we need to unite together. The march wound through the hills of La Mesa for several hours before returning downtown, where it was met with several counter-protesters. Several of them waved flags supporting President Trump's re-election. Police attempted to stay between the two groups, and several small skirmishes between the two broke out. But by nightfall, most protesters had returned home. That was KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler. Nine have been declared dead and two Marines are hospitalized with one in critical condition after a small Marine craft sank off of the Southern California coast last Thursday. The Navy called off the search on Sunday. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has more. Early Thursday evening, the 26-ton amphibious assault vehicle sank quickly in sight of other craft during an exercise in the waters off of San Clemente Island. Eight Marines were recovered quickly, including a Marine who died. After searching a thousand nautical miles, the Navy called off the search for the remaining eight early Sunday. A total of eight Marines and one sailor are believed to be dead. Unmanned vehicles are searching for the landing craft, which is believed to have sunk in several hundred feet of water below the range of divers. The head of the Marines, David Berger, ordered a halt to all water operations for the aging AAV. First introduced in 1972, the vehicles have been upgraded several times. Attempts to replace it began in the 1990s. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. The state and county has limited its COVID testing to certain people because labs are getting backlogged. But a local community clinic is not planning to limit tests because its positivity rates are much higher than the county's. Dr. Christian Ramers at Family Health Centers of San Diego says monthly positivity rates at its sites range from 13 to 16 percent. That's higher than the county's daily 6 to 8 percent. And so we feel this very big conflicted feeling that um, the state's criteria are designed to restrict a little bit of some of the unnecessary testing and yet we're seeing in our communities especially those in the South Bay very high positivity rates telling us we should be doing exactly more of what we're doing. Raymer says the lab he works at provides results in about 48 hours and it doesn't plan to restrict who they test. Students at Sweetwater Union High School District are the first in San Diego County to start their school year. And it starts, well, today, Monday. And like all schools in the region, classes will be online. KPBS education reporter Joe Hong has this story on what the first week is going to look like. Like many parents at Sweetwater, Blanco Wines was disappointed by how distance learning went in the spring. Her three kids had trouble focusing at home and they weren't motivated to do their work because they weren't being graded. Now, as the first new school year under the pandemic starts, she still has concerns. How are they going to engage with people? Because I know the whole social aspect of being at, at, at school is very helpful. They need that interaction with their, with their classmates. How are they going to incorporate that into learning this semester? 
Sweetwater teachers will take attendance and give grades, and the district has spent the summer training teachers in online learning. But when the pandemic first shut down schools, teachers had the benefit of already knowing their students. Michelle Mardal teaches biology at Bonita Vista High School in Chula Vista. She said she's worried about starting from scratch. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like more nervous. And um, I feel the responsibility is I got to plan this right. So that I give them the experiences and the tools that they need for the future. Sweetwater will conduct distance learning at least until October 2nd. The district schools could reopen depending on the status of COVID-19. Joe Hong, KPBS News. And stay with us. Uh, we want to make sure that, for instance, if somebody has to now start going into work as the economy opens up, they choose transit because they know we are a safe alternative to an automobile. We have a full-length interview with the Metropolitan Transit System's first-ever woman CEO. She talks about MTS's plans for the future, navigating through the current pandemic. That's up next after this short break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. San Diego's Metropolitan Transit System lost its CEO, Paul Jablonski, in May after he suffered a sudden heart attack. Within days, the agency's board of directors appointed Sharon Cooney to replace him. Cooney has worked for MTS for 15 years, most recently as the deputy CEO. And she's the first woman to ever lead the agency. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen sat down with her to talk about her plans for the future. Here's that interview. Sharon Cooney, thank you so much for speaking with us. Oh, thank you for having me. So you took the helm at MTS in a time of real crisis. The COVID-19 pandemic has hurt your ridership. It's hurt your finances. What are your priorities as you try to navigate this really difficult time? Sure. Well, it's been a challenge, but, you know, it's been great being part of such a great team at MTS. Um, we get through it together. Um, I think one of my highest priority is to continue with the excellent level of service that we've provided um, pre-COVID, um, to make sure that we continue to be the best uh, transit agency, um, to continue to reach all of the goals for things like ridership, um, as people come back to work, make sure that we have a really great on-time performance. Um, all of the things that matter to people when they're choosing transit for their commute and their, their daily lives. Um, that's my highest priority. And we have some really exciting projects coming up this year. Um, over the next 24 months, we're gonna be finishing up with the Midcoast Trolley opening um, in November of 2021. That's that's really exciting and we're really doing everything already buying the vehicles and training up staff so that we'll be ready to open when it's handed to us. Um, we also are working on our new fare collection system which it's really a great um, opportunity for us to add amenities for our customers um, and to really come into a more modern modernized um, and already existing pretty good uh, fare collection system. Um, and, you know, we have a new Iris uh, Rapid that's going to be opening up in, also in about 18 months. Um, it's actually exciting because it's going to be in the South Bay. It'll be our first all-electric um, vehicle 
uh, BRT. So that's really an exciting improvement. Um, kind of jump-starting the, the uh, rollout into a 100% zero emission bus. What are the biggest barriers to recovery for MTS? Well, I think the big challenge is making sure that our customers and our employees are safe. I mean, that's a high priority as well. Um, it underlies everything we do. Uh, we want to make sure that, for instance, if somebody has to now start going into work as the economy opens up, they choose transit because they know we are a safe alternative to an automobile. Um, we w we've been doing everything from using foggers that immediately disinfect the vehicles to uh, making sure we have germ barriers to protect our drivers on the buses. We're, we're putting those in as we speak and have, we'll have the fleet done by the end of August. Um, we are making sure that everybody's wearing a mask. If you're going to choose transit, you're going to wear a mask. And so um, if you don't have one, we'll provide one for you um, to use as well. Um, so that's really the, that's the biggest challenge is making sure people feel and understand how we're keeping the system sanitized and safe. MTS partnered with the City of San Diego for a bus only lane on El Cajon Boulevard. What have the results of that project been and, and where would you like that uh, expanded in the city? Yeah, well, uh, pre-COVID, we were seeing some on-time performance um, assistance there. Um, obviously, traffic has been lighter uh, since people aren't going to work um, as much. Um, and so there's, uh, it's harder to see how much that does for us. But, you know, I think what it has done is it's allowed people to to realize that this is something that you could repeat in other parts of the, our jurisdiction, that other parts of the transit network could benefit from the um, faster, more reliable uh, scheduling of the, of the bus routes. So we're hopeful that we will replicate this in multiple places throughout our network. MTS had for more than a year been working on a tax measure that would have been on the November ballot, Elevate SD 2020 and those plans were abandoned after the pandemic hit. Where do things stand with that and, and what's the future of that proposal? You know, that was really kind of a blow. I mean, one more thing about COVID that we didn't anticipate, um, but Elevate SD was not just about a ballot initiative. It was about really listening to um, what will make transit attractive to people in San Diego County. and. That was one of the best benefits that we got was the real public participation in the process. The, you know, the outreach we were doing was unprecedented. I, I can't remember any other public project that had that much public participation and outreach. And so that's something that we're gonna build on as we move forward, as we try to help um, San Diego County dig out of what's happening with the economic downturn, as we remain here for our essential workers during this time, uh, we are going to use that you know, um, connection and involvement to really enhance our services and really make it the best system possible when we come back to full, full uh, opening of the economy. I want to ask you about your fare enforcement policies. This has been under scrutiny a little bit, um, or more recently, the Voice of San Diego has reported on uh, a big surge in, in fare citations that have been issued over the past couple of years. Um, how sometimes those, fa uh, you know, failing to pay a $2.50 fare can spiral into hundreds of dollars in fines and court fees and things like that. Uh, what does that tell you? Does this concern you? And what will fair enforcement look like under your leadership? 
So uh, we've already begun working with the board of directors and through our public security committee, our chair, uh, Monica Montgomery, um, has really helped us drive forward a couple of new policies. One of them is a diversion program that will start in September. Uh, what this will do is it allows people a chance to, first, if you are approached and you don't have a fare on board trolley, we're going to um, allow you to buy your fare. Um, but then if you can't, then um, you can uh, expunge the um, potential citation and you have 120 days to do so. Um, so the diversion program is intended for those who, you know, for, for whatever reason, couldn't pay for their fare or didn't pay for their fare, um, but that they could avoid having to go through any kind of um, procedure, um, administrative or otherwise. Um, this, this, I think, will be a really... Um, helpful for those who feel like they've been um, somehow being harmed by the way we were doing fair enforcement. Your predecessor, Paul Jablonski, passed away really suddenly in May, and you had worked with him for many years. What did you learn from him? Um, well, I learned a lot about transit, obviously. I wasn't in transit before I started here at MTS. Um, but I learned a lot about the nuts and bolts. But I think more than that, I think I learned the value of team building and really understanding that it's not just one person, it's everybody pulling together to become the most um, effective, excellent transportation system that we possibly could be. So that's what I learned from him. And um, I'm hopeful to bring that forward in my own leadership. What do you miss about him? I think it was probably his humor. You know, he, he brought humor into almost every situation. We could be facing something that was, you know, technically challenging or dry or whatever, and he could make everybody laugh and kind of, you know, get everybody enthusiastic about it. I hope I can do that too. You're the first female CEO of MTS. What does that mean to you? Well, I, I really value um, the number of women in the organization who have come forward and, and thanked me for stepping up into this leadership role. Um, if I can be a mentor, if I can bring more women into the public transportation world, I would love to be able to do that. So if, that, if my becoming CEO helps with that, then I'm excited. All right, well, Sharon Cooney, thank you so much for speaking with KPBS. You're welcome, and thanks for having me. That was KPBS's Metro reporter Andrew Bowen speaking with Sharon Cooney, the CEO of San Diego's Metropolitan Transit System. San Diego News Matters is a daily morning news podcast powered by all of the reporters, editors, and producers in the KPBS newsroom. Tune in to KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or catch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 p.m. on KPBS Television to keep up with all of the news throughout your day. You can also find us on Twitter at KPBS News or to find our podcast producer, Kinsey Moreland, she's at Kinsey, I'm at Annika Colbert, and as always, you can find more KPBS podcasts like Only Here or Cinema Junkie on our website at kpbs.org slash podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.